Thank you, Christian. God is love. Amen. Well, it's good to be back. Thanks for the break. Elders, love y'all. I've been chomping at the bit. I got at least an hour and a half. I'm ready. Ready. On the last Monday of every May, we celebrate a holiday called Memorial Day. It was officially recognized in 1868, and it was to honor those who died in the Civil War. It was later changed to honor all Americans who died in any war. And on this day, we remember the shed blood of those soldiers who died for our freedom. A little bit of uh, numbers on that. Since the Revolutionary War, there have been over 1,800,000 wartime casualties. That's a lot. And over 2,300,000 have been wounded in American wars. You know, we remember those soldiers who died for our country and the sacrifice that they made for us. You know, this holiday was made to remember. But you know, man didn't come up with that concept, to remember. You know, that was a learned concept. And that only comes from one person, God. Amen? Because we understand the meaning of remembrance... Because of God. Think about this. And I'm going to just say this. A lot of my message is going to be tonight. Think about this. Okay? So I did it on purpose. I'm not being repetitive uh, because I'm nervous. Because I'm not. I'm ready to preach. Okay? But I did it on purpose. Because I want you to think about it. In Genesis 9, verses 14 and 15, it says, It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the rainbow shall be in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The Lord made a covenant with Noah and told him that the rainbow would be a sign to show us and remind not only him but us to today that the water will never flood the earth again and completely destroy it. Amen? So this rainbow, it stands when we see it outside. Sometimes you see two, you know? It's so cool to see that. But it stands as a memorial. I know some people have tried to steal that symbol. But brethren, that is a symbol to remind us that the Lord will never flood the earth again. It is a promise made thousands of years ago and it still holds true to this day. The Lord wants us, and as we go through this lesson, I want you to keep this at the front of your mind. The Lord wants us to remember what He has done for us. He wants us to remember it. If you would turn with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 4. And as we continue, I've been on a a long continuance of talking about these characters of the Bible and I'll probably just continue 
uh, a little bit more because, and I'll probably talk about Joshua for a couple lessons because uh, the characters in the Bible are really how we see and learn how to be a Christian or have these godly principles that we can put into our lives and see the success from it. Amen? You know, and as we're talking about Joshua, uh, Joshua was instructed also to put up a memorial of sorts, a memorial, a visual reminder for the children of Israel to remember something. And I want to talk about that. Uh, As we dig into God's Word, let's uh, look at this story and see uh, how we can make this application to our lives. Uh, A little brief rundown on this man Joshua. He was a very special character in the Bible. He was from the tribe of Ephraim. He was Moses' right-hand man. I know that really excites you. He's from Ephraim, right? But he was. That's what tribe he was from. And he was Moses' right-hand man. He was also one of the two spies that came back from the promised land. You remember a couple weeks ago we talked about Caleb. It was Joshua and Caleb who were the two guys who said, we can take Canaan's land. We can take this land over, this promised land that you give us. And everybody else said, no, we can't do it. You remember, we're like grasshoppers compared to these guys. They doubted. But he was one of those guys. He also was the one who takes over after Moses, leading for about 25 years. And right here where I want to pick up is the, really the beginning of his leadership. And, and really, uh, <clears throat> Joshua 4.14, it says, On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. Really, Joshua is exalted right here as a leader. And they begin to fear him and trust him like they did Moses right here. This is the uh, story that does that. The children of Israel had been wandering for 40 years. That first group doubted, so they all had to be... uh, Killed, they had to die until... And once they all died, that first generation, they were allowed to come back. And here they are. They're at the Jordan River. They're ready to to cross over, but they haven't done it yet. And in Joshua 3, verse 5, it says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourself. Tomorrow God's fixing to do something. And he's fixing to do something really big. And then it happens. They talk about it. They figure out the plan of what they're supposed to do. And they do it according to what God says to do. Look at verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 17 before we get into uh, where I want to look at. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. The priests bring the Ark of the Covenant into the water, and as soon as they bring it into the water, one side stops. And then everybody else walks by. That's amazing, ain't it? Have you ever seen anything like that before? I mean... 
That would be unbelievable to me. Let's start in verse 1 of chapter 4, and I'm going to read to verse 9. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst for the Jordan of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day. Just a little, little recap. Let me get you into the story and then we're going to go. The priests step in the Jordan. The water stop by God. Everyone crosses over to dry land. They go get 12 stones out of the water and they put it on the shore where they're going to camp out. And these stones are going to be a memorial for them to remember for all time. After the men uh, got the stones and brought them to the shore, Joshua sets up twelve in the river. And then he gets out. The, uh, The Ark of the Covenant gets out and guess what? The waters flow again. So now that's the story, okay? That's where we're at in this uh, scripture right here, okay? Now let's talk about this memorial for just a minute. What was the purpose of this memorial? One man brought each a large stone and set it on the shore. What did that heap of stones mean? What was the meaning to the Israelites? Look at verse 6. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? These stones were a memorial for the children of Israel to be able to teach their children and remind themselves that the Lord had stopped the river and let them pass. The Lord was with them. So here's the question for tonight. Here's the application I want us to consider. And boy, I love this. Do we have any stones in our life 
that make a memorial to God? Do we have some events that when we look back at our life really stand out? Maybe uh, things we've done for the kingdom. Maybe here recently. Maybe it's been a while ago. Or things that the Lord has either helped us through or through His providence put us in uh, the right situations. And when we look back at it, you know, like Joseph, when Joseph was a little boy back in Genesis, he had these dreams and he was uh, telling his brothers and his dad about these dreams and how they were bowing down, these stars and these stalks were bowing down to him and they didn't really just be quiet talking about this stuff. Uh, you don't need to talk about this stuff. He didn't really understand it. He went through all the trials he, he had. You know, he, he got thrown into slavery. He got... Uh, Potiphar's wife accused him of, of rape. Uh, he got locked up. The, the, the cupbearer forgets about him. Uh, he finally gets to where he's second in command and then he sees his brothers come because of a drought and guess what? They bow down to him. He sees it. You know, when you think back in your life and you look at some situations and how they played out, is there any events that you remember that remind you of the Lord? Why is it so important for us to have these stones or memorials in our lives? Why did God want the children of Israel to set these stones out? The first thing to consider tonight, God wants us not to forget what He has done for us. Now follow with me, brethren. We as a people have a hard time remembering. You know it? And I'm going to give you an example. And I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it. Because if I don't do it, then I'm going to be lying. Okay? And I'm not a liar, especially up here in the pulpit. The elders are watching and everything. All right? Okay, let me give you an example. See, I'm sweating because of it. Been thinking about it the whole time. You meet somebody, all right, Sunday morning. I meet somebody for the first time, and I talk to them, and I visit them, and I hug them. You know how I like to do. And then they walk away and go sit down, and then uh, somebody else comes up to me, and they say, Hey, uh, who is that? And I know you... I can look at some people and know that they've said this to me. So I know that I'm not the only one that says this. Um, I can't remember who that is. Immediately forget who it was. And they just told you their name. People have a hard time remembering. That's just who we are. You know, Joshua is told to set these stones on the shore so they would remember what God had done for them. You know, what helps us remember though? Trophies, plaques. You know, I still remember it to this day. A 1988 trophy about this big. I was, I don't even know what grade I was in. But it was about this big. It's got a little boy kicking a soccer ball. And what I remember about it was my mom was the assistant coach. She had white bell bottoms and she held up a sign, two PVC pipes, probably about six foot tall with a banner on it. 
And it had our logo and our team name on it. I remembered that because of this trophy that I saw. And I know on several occasions me and my mom have looked at that together and we've laughed about it and I know it brings joy to her heart and me too. I remember where I practiced. I remember all of those things from that trophy. Now I'm talking to the men only, but wedding bands, right? Wedding bands help us remember you're married. Now think about this. Israel had a problem remembering. In Deuteronomy 6 verses 10 and 11, and I'm paraphrasing this, Moses tells the Israelites that they will enter into the land promised to their father, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And what's going to happen is they're going to come into this promised land and they're going to... uh, they're going to receive these beautiful cities that they didn't even build. They're going to live in these houses that they didn't even build. They're going to get these vineyards and these olive trees that they didn't even plant. And in Deuteronomy 6.12 he says, Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now think about that. Think about that. So as the Lord made them set these stones out, they were to remind them that the Lord was with them. To encourage them. Alright, what about us? You ever get down? You ever feel like, why am I doing this? You ever get discouraged? What about the good times when everything's going great? We all have stones in our past that if we think hard enough, we can put them on our shoulders and put them on the shores in our mind. I'm not talking about going and building an altar. I'm not talking about building an altar out here. I'm talking about remembering what God has done for you. Think about it. Think about the memories of the loved one that you had that's gone now. That was very influential in your faith. Think about those times when you were down and out. And somebody was there to pull you through. Think about the times when you didn't feel like going on anymore, right? But guess what? You're still here. You're still alive. What we have to do, we have to do this, is take some time to pull those stones back up in our memories. And think about what all the Lord has done for us. Why was that person there? Why are you still here today? Because the Lord is with you. But you know the best thing to do? Hey, and do it. It won't take, but I don't know. Maybe just a few minutes is write it down. Literally write it down. 
You know, when I think about this, I think about Randall. Brother, God was with you. He's given you a chance to remember that He's with you. I've seen you at the hospital. I've seen it. And now I see you now, and I know that only God hears prayer and can pull people through what you were faced with. I'm not exalting Him. I think about Carrie Poole and him talking about his granny. I think about Heather and Kenny. I think about the lesson that he preached, how powerful that was. Things happen in our lives. God is working providentially, but are you able to see it? Do you want to see it? Does it even matter to you? I talked to James and Miss Shirley the other night. Really what got me thinking about this, and I've probably said this before, here's one of my stones. I used to write in a journal. Got three of them. Three of them that at that time in my life, I was not in a good place. I was not living right. I was trying to do right and praying over and over in the journal. You would see, Lord, show me what I need to do. I'm tired of doing what I think is right. Show me what I need to do. You know, and it makes me emotional thinking about that. It makes me remember that God was there when I think about the things that were surrounding me. The whole time while I'm writing these things, the whole times while I'm struggling, Danny's mowing my yard. God is working in our lives. God isn't the God who winds it up and throws it and leaves it alone. God loves us. He cares for us. Walking down memory lane serves a purpose. It reminds us of God doing something special in our lives. You know, I've heard the black brethren say this, God showed up and God showed out. And you know what? That is so true sometimes. Yes, that can be taken out a little bit out of context sometimes, and I agree. But really and truly, when I think about things in my life, I can honestly say God has showed up and showed out. Psalms 126 is a psalm about the return of, the returning to Zion. And it says, the Lord has done great things in verse 3 for us. And we are glad. So many times when we are faced with the tough battle, so many times when everything is going great, the first thing Satan wants to do, the first thing Satan wants to steal is, that the, is the fact that the Lord 
is with you. And He's been with you. Don't forget it. We go through the worst memories in our lives when we're down, don't we? We go right to the worst things. We go right to the worst situations. Or when life's going good, what happens? We forget God completely sometimes. When it's good, God's there. And really and truly, the reason why it's probably good may be because you're doing God's will and you're doing it the right way. Thank Him for that. Why is it so important for us to have these stones or memorials in our lives? Why did God want the children of Israel to set these stones out? So we wouldn't forget what God has done for us. But number two, so we can go tell others about what He's done for us. Verse 6 again, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer, verse 7, them, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be, a, be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Turn with me to verse 19. I'm turning. You may not have to turn. Look at verses 19 through 23. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. He tells them again to tell your children that the Lord dried up the Jordan for you to cross over it. And not only did He drive the Jordan, but guess what? You remember? He dried up the Red Sea for you to cross over. But here's my favorite part of this whole deal. Verse 24. That all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. What was the point of these stones? So we could go tell others what He's done for us. These stones were a memorial to share with the Israelites' children so they would know how mighty and powerful God was and is. 
And in turn, they would go tell the same thing to their kids. And anybody that was surrounded, that knew the Israelites at that time, had the understanding that their God did mighty things. Same way in our lives. The stones that we think about, those stones that we remember, they serve as a memorial to God in our minds. They should excite us. I was down and out. I was troubled. I was struggling. But here I am. I'm alive today, right now. I have an opportunity to tell somebody that God was with me. Unless you really don't believe it. And I'm not saying everything is good all the time. We struggle. There's sad things that are happening. There are tough situations that are going on. But in those battles, in those tough times, you don't think that the children of Israel were struggling when they saw the Red Sea and the army was coming? But when you go through it, Think about Joseph again. When he got through it, what did he tell his brothers? He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. When we come through it, when we come through these situations, we can look when we hold fast to the Lord, when we trust in the Lord. And we can tell people who He is. You know, the most important thing that we as parents can do is teach our children to understand the gospel, know what the gospel is, and to obey the gospel. You know, and these stones are not only just past experiences, you know, and that's great. But these stones are also God's Word. When we share with others, they become like this. Psalms 119, 105. This should be one of your stones. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That should be something we remember. That should be a memorial in our minds that we think about. God's word. And here's another example. Already said it this morning. The importance of taking the Lord's Supper. It's a memorial. Of what? Jesus' death. Think about this. When people ask you, here's real life situation. People have asked me, and I'm sure they've asked you, uh, why do you take the Lord's Supper every week? And I can tell them Acts 27. I have a chance to tell someone the truth that I remember, that I know. That's from God's Word. I can tell them 1 Corinthians 11.26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. Why do I take the Lord's Supper? Why do I fix my mind on Jesus' death every single week so I'll never forget it? Because it's that important to me. 
And we have a perfect opportunity to tell people these things. But we can't tell them if we don't remember, if we don't study to show ourselves approved. By keeping these stones of our past experience, and, 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 I'm, and don't think for one second that I'm talking about standing up here and giving some type of testimony talk. I'm talking about an experience where you know God is working in your life. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit coming over somebody and I just got to testify about it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you look back at your life and you see those situations that have happened, only God could be there. Only God could have done that. And you know what I'm talking about when you think about your life. We should also be a living stone. And I'm about done. Just hang with me just for a little bit, please. We should be a living stone to somebody else. 1 Peter 2.5 even says what? We are living stones. When they look at these stones to remember what they meant, they could teach somebody. Uh, when people look at us, do they ask you, why you act different? Why do you talk different? Why do you uh, not do the things that the others are doing? How come you're so loving and caring in these tough situations? I'd have done blowed up already. I would have done said something and had to ask for forgiveness already, but you're different. Brethren, we have a chance to share the truth. But we have to remember who we serve. We have to remember that He's always been in our lives and He'll always continue to be in our lives. He set up His Word for us to follow to be successful. And you can see it over and over through these stories of the Bible. You can see it works. And you can do like Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because I know without a doubt that it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Telling others about a mighty God. Telling others about a God who we should worship with reverence and honor and glory. So why is it so important for us to have these stones or memorials in our lives and why uh, did God want the children of Israel to set these stones out so we wouldn't forget? So we would go tell others. And the third and final thing is it reminded them that God always, and I mean always, keeps His word. After 40 years, they wandered and they waited for that first generation to pass away. What did these stones represent when they looked at it and they were able to tell their children, we made it to the promised land. <laughs> I mean, 
we made it to the promised land. These stones in our lives that represent these events, these actions, God's Word, whatever they are, they bring us to the same conclusion as the Israelites. You know, we're not to the promised land in heaven right now, but we are a part of something. If you are in Christ, you belong to the kingdom of God. You are in a kingdom that is an everlasting kingdom. And through Jesus, we have redemption, forgiveness of sins. And we have the seal of the Holy Spirit, which one day when Jesus does come back, we get to go to heaven. What do these stones remind us of? That God is with us. He loves us. He cares for each and every single one of us. I think about Titus 2.13. It says, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what remembering does. When it's good, remember. When things are going great, remember. When you're struggling, when you're having a hard time, remember. How many times God's people got pulled through? When we become a child of God, we've been forgiven of all our sins. When we became a Christian, that should be one of the most precious stones in our stack. And we should remember it. We should always remember that day when we said, you know what? I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being this type of person. I want to be a child of God. We have an awesome God, amen? An awesome God who loves us. But the problem is we run into so many times when we get down or when things get too good, we forget. We forget. Don't let it come and go like Memorial Day. Don't let it come and go like the 4th of July. Don't let it come and go like your birthday. Let it be every day that you remember what God has done for you. Let it be every day that that excites you and reminds you that you belong to a kingdom, like I said earlier, that will never fade away. If you're here today and you need to obey the gospel, if you need to pick up that stone and start your stack, you can. You can do it by believing who Jesus is, believing that He came, that He died on the cross, He died for your sins, He was buried, and He was resurrected. You can by repenting, turning from your old ways, confessing His name, believing and confessing in front of men that you believe that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. We're talking about the remission of your sins.
your sins are forgiven. If you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel, I don't know why not. Jesus Christ is coming back absolutely one day. And He may come back in right now. Or in 30 minutes. Or in 15 minutes. He may come back. Why wait? Why wait? If you need to obey the gospel, if you need to repent, I love you all so much, brethren. Remember how good God is. Remember how good God is. If you have anything, come right now. Together we stand and sing.